You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Awesome. Hey, it is a great, great privilege and an honour to have Pastor Steve White here with us this morning. His wife, Debbie, is preaching at Northwest Campus. Um, Steve is an amazing man. Um, Just, I mean, when you think of authentic Christianity, you could easily place Steve and Debbie White there. They're just incredibly busy, so passionate for the Kingdom of God and uh, just so loyal and so so genuine and uh, what you hear is a message but when you look at his life you also see a message and when you get to know him you find that out Steve and Debbie are are just extremely valuable and and, uh, they're just so busy and to have them take the time out to come here this morning they actually Steve works in the national office uh, for the national director. They also lead the South Coast and Canberra region for the movement. Uh, they work overseas. We've, we've been in Myanmar together on ministry and Indonesia on ministry. And, uh, you know, and they lead a great church in Canberra. They were actually asked to leave their church that they planted and hand it over to their children and then go help rebuild a church that had just gone through a, a horrific kind of uh, season. And they've gone down to Canberra and, and healed that church and restored it and built it. Just amazing people and, and good friends. It's great just to hang out with them. And real blessing this weekend. We really, really enjoyed the touch that God had on their ministry to us in marriage. And we hope we get to do this again. But it's our privilege to have them here this morning. I know you're going to be blessed, but also know you're going to be ministered to. You're going to be set free. You're going to be healed. Uh, you're just going to be changed and go to that next step of glory. I want you to we- welcome Pastor Steve White here this morning. He's a great man of God. Thanks, mate. Hey, can I just ask you to stay here? Um, I owe a lot to your pastor. I, like, uh, we've known each other over a decade now, and he has mentored me in ways he probably doesn't even realize, but his influence enabled me to take a next step in leadership through uh, through Alpha Crucius. You inspired me on that wow. journey and I, you know that changed the course of my life wow. and then also you're opening opportunity for me in Indonesia and Southeast Asia. I cannot overstate the debt of gratitude that I have to you and to Thank Janet you. and for your Thank influence you. into my life and um, I just, uh, you know what, you need people that you can rely on when you go through life and go through tough times and go through the journey and uh, like, you know, it is a privilege for me to be here in your church and, uh, but don't underestimate the impact that you've had in my life and I just thank you and honour you for that and I just, uh, as I was just holding you and Janet in prayer, in preparation for this weekend and for this morning. I just got this picture. I, got, I saw a, a deep well that was full of water. And then I saw the well empty. And, it was, and then I saw, I saw the reason the well was empty, had been emptied was so that the well could be dug a whole lot deeper. And so the well was going down way, way, way deeper. And, and it's now being filled up. And it's continuing to fill It's nowhere near the top yet. And I guess I just saw that as a picture of, you know, the journey 
in some senses that you've been on, but, but there, is a deep, there was always a deep well in you. But I believe that God's dug that well a whole lot deeper and is still filling it. And the overflow of that, uh, people like myself and your church and our movement and the city are going to be the beneficiaries of the overflow of that well that is, and that filling that is happening. Father, I thank you for Keith. And I pray, God, you would continue to fill that well. I thank you, God, that you have dug this an extraordinarily deep well in this man's life. And we stand together and we honor him before you today and we thank you for him. And God, we ask that you would pour out into his life an overflowing for that well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give your pastor a hand this morning? Thanks, guys. Fantastic. Thanks, team. Great job. Great job. You can be seated. So it's um, pretty exciting to be here. And uh, I know that uh, I think you've just finished a series on freedom and you're starting a series on vision. So we're kind of bridging the gap. And uh, if you want a title for the message this, this morning, it's uh, From This Day Forward. And uh, I just thought I'd introduce myself, because many of you don't, don't know Deb and myself, but we, uh, have, um, uh, we've been married 35 years. We have four kids and five and a half grandkids, and uh, we're really excited about that. That's your cue to say you don't look old enough to have five grandkids. If you want to say that, I would appreciate that. But, uh, so, and uh, I think there's some pictures going up. So we have our extended family and we, we love and appreciate them all. Three of our four kids are walking with God and on fire. Uh, youngest at the moment, he's the one who's not married and not walking for God. And we're just uh, continually upholding him in prayer. And, uh, and we just so love our kids. So as Keith mentioned, um, our daughter and son-in-law took over the church at Kingscliff. Uh, our first son, Nathan, is married to Sasha Kelsey, and uh, they have a business on the northern beaches doing furniture and stuff like that. Uh, second son, Caleb, and his wife, Pip, are in England doing uh, an exchange uh, teaching thing over there, so they've been there for a little while. And our younger son, Josh, works for Nathan Sash, which was an interesting dynamic, but it seems to be working for them all, so that's awesome. And uh, so and Deb and I got married in 1982, and I, I was kind of looking at these uh, mannequins here, and I was thinking, 1982. Um, like when I, the, I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey of my wedding day, if you'll indulge me for a moment, because I looked at this suit and I thought, wow, things are different in the 21st century back to 1982. So I had a, I'd slept on the beach the night before uh, with some friends and, uh, and got up to, and so I had, I don't even think I'd had a shower but by the time I got dressed to uh, go for my wedding. And I had this suit, this grey suit, and it didn't really fit that well, so like it was too long in the legs, so it was kind of, you know, uh, doubling up at the cuffs, and I had a pink tie on, and, uh, and, and that was me. And then Deb had this dress on, which was amazing, and uh, it had been made by her mother, and, uh, you know, it was really, really, because uh, that's what, you know, mother, mothers did back in those days kind of thing. And so, anyway, I called this dress affectionately or... Otherwise, the mother-in-law's revenge, 
Because what happened was, and I didn't know this until the wedding night, so the ceremony and everything had gone on really well. And then uh, we go to enjoy our wedding night, and on the back, there's a hundred buttons, a hundred buttons to undo. And it's like, you know, mother-in-law's revenge. Anyway, that was, that was my wedding day. But uh, I, can, I can remember, I still remember uh, standing at the aisle, dressed in my suit that didn't really fit with uh, scruffy goatee beard and, you know, blonde, long blonde curly hair, and seeing my wife come down the aisle. And it was just this incredible, incredible moment. And uh, I looked at her as I took her hand and we exchanged our vows. And just indulge me for a moment as I do this. I, Steve, in the presence of God, take you, Deb, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. This is my solemn vow and promise. From this day forward, from this day forward, I believe that God wants to minister to some hearts here today. Draw a line in the sand from this day forward. Father, we open our hearts to you this morning. We pray you would write on the soil of our hearts the power of your word. Lord, we know the same spirit that inspired the writing of your word over thousands of years. That same spirit is at work here today. And that we ask God, that the truth of the power of your word will become alive and evident to us as we open your word in Jesus' name. Amen. From this day forward, I want to just uh, spend a few moments having a look uh, at some of the scripture. I've got 10 points, so I'm not, but they'll be quick, okay? They'll be short. I know you're kind of thinking, we're going to be here till midnight. Like, promise that won't be the case. Um, Ephesians 5, 29 to 33, I think it'll be up there on the, on the screen. No one abuses his own body, does he? And no one uh, feeds and pampers it. No, sorry, I'll start again. I haven't got my glasses. I might read from here myself. <laughs> no one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. And I guess all of us who have married or all of us who have been in relationships will go, this is a huge mystery, we don't understand it all. But what is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. And I look at that scripture, and I'm inspired by it. I actually, on, the wedding, on our wedding day, I wrote a card, and uh, on that card, and I dropped it around to Deb's house before the uh, ceremony, and that, on that card I wrote, I promise to love you as Christ loves the church for all the days of my life. And it was just a simple statement, but it, to me, it wanted, I wanted to echo the heart of God in, in my relationship, in my marriage. And I think that um, 
You know, today, I, I reckon one of the main reasons that marriage is so under attack in society is because it's a type and a picture of Christ's love for the church. So if, if this tangible uh, expression that we can all engage in is, is kind of undermined, then it's the enemy undermining a picture of Christ and his love for the church. And uh, I've had the privilege in the last 12 months or so of um, uh, representing C3 at uh, heads of denomination meetings in uh, Canberra, talking about the whole same-sex thing and uh, all of that kind of stuff. I don't want to make a political comment at all, but I do know this, that we have to fight. We now have to fight what, uh, for, to hold the values of what was normally a societal norm in days gone by. And I, and I think, you know, to me, we've got to fight for this and do what we can for it. Because marriage is God's idea, God's idea, and He wants to, um, He wants it to uh, thrive and prosper. For those of you who are looking for a, a good marriage book to read or uh, inform yourselves with, um, the meaning of marriage by Tim Keller is actually a really, really good book. Now, if you're here and you're single and you're not even thinking about marriage or whatever, I would encourage you to just. Uh, indulge me a little bit as we go through a few things this morning because, you know, you are preparing for your marriage now, even if you're single. You are preparing and setting things up. One of the things that I said to my sons over time was that the best gift that you as a young man can bring to your future wife is your self-control. And one, you need your self-control before you're married. You need your self-control when you're dating or whatever it is. You need self-control after you're married. We need to understand and learn how as godly men to exercise self-control. And uh, the thing is that uh, there's, uh, that is pushing in the face of society because society says, well, just if it feels good, do, do it, do, do whatever you want to do. Um, but, but us as Christians need to be able to provide a clear image of what mar- a healthy marriage is. And we, I want to encourage young adults and young people to be brutally honest about the picture that Christ has of marriage. And it's very, very powerful. The thing about it is, the Bible began with a wedding, with a marriage of Adam and Eve. And the Bible ends with a wedding, with a marriage of Christ and the church. And so, Sam, the book, the Bible, our inspired scriptures that we take our cues from in how we live life, is sandwiched between two incredibly important marriages and uh, relational dynamics. And so... Uh, I think that uh, our perspective of marriage can get distorted uh, through the influences of society and that kind of thing. But the gospel helps us to understand the mar- marriage and marriage helps us understand the gospel. Because as we read before, it's a mystery to us. I actually, my wife is a mystery to me. And I, I can say a lot because she's not here today. So I can probably get away with more than I would normally. But, but uh, she would agree because she says herself, I don't even know what I'm thinking half the time. So how can you know what I'm thinking? And it becomes a mystery. Uh, and, uh, but it's, there's, there's, a, uh, there's something powerful in that mystery. So I just sort of, uh, I thought I'd do 10 quick points 10 things that you can do to have a healthy marriage. So if you're single and uh, you're not even thinking about getting married, these are probably relational skills or, or relational dynamics that you can be aware of and apply. And uh, if you are married, maybe you need to apply some of these. Maybe you're in a married situation uh, that's... Uh, 
under stress at the moment, or maybe you're uh, recently single again, or, or whatever. There's no, there's no kind of uh, judgment in any of this, because the title of this message is From This Day Forward. So from this day forward, you can actually draw a line in the sand. And I actually believe that, uh, that God's here to heal some hearts today, that uh, You've made some mistakes that you think maybe there's no coming back from or no healing from. But God wants to heal your heart today. God wants to minister to you today, I believe. And so as we unpack these things quickly, we'll uh, hopefully be helpful to you. So 10 things you can do to have a healthy marriage. Number one, spend time with each other. Go on dates, have holidays, spend couch time together. What's couch time, you might say? You know, one of the things, one of the dynamics, I reckon, and I've observed, Deb and I have observed over the years, is that, that uh, marriages can get quite, uh, especially with young kids around, everything uh, seems to conspire against you being able to spend time as a couple together. But when you get married... The two of you are a family, with or without kids. You are now a family. And so, uh, you, uh, so you need to keep that as the priority. So as kids come along and you're negotiating the change and challenge of all of that, keep you and your spouse as your priority. And then when the nest empties, you are still the priority for each other. So one way to do that is have, when you come home from work and before the chaos of everything else is going on, spend 10 or 15 minutes together on the couch, uh, just connecting with each other, sends a message to your kids, sends a message to your spouse that, that you are prioritizing each other. It's one of the strategies out of Growing Kids God's Way. Any Anybody familiar with that uh, parenting course? It's, um, so, but, you know, I would highly recommend that. The ki- your family, the kids need to see th- that you prioritize each other. And if you don't have kids, well, then your spouse needs to know that you are prioritizing them, that you're not just uh, in it for yourself. So spend time with each other. Holidays are great memory builders for families. Sometimes we think we haven't got time or we haven't got the money to have a holiday, but do that. Uh, Go on family holidays. And obviously, you know, I'm not a big fan of the cliche date night kind of thing. We have friends of ours that that, uh, plan a date night every week and they list, they write down the questions that they're going to ask each other and the topics of conversation that they're going to have. I kind of resist a little bit of that intense kind of structure, but, but you need to create space to have the communication and the opportunities to talk to each other. Second thought, learn to negotiate conflict. It's a normal part of a relationship, and you may end up having to learn to live with unresolved conflict. You won't get an answer or solve every problem. But one of the keys in this space is if you use I statements rather than you statements. If you're in conversation with your spouse and you're saying, well, you do this and you do that and you don't do this and you don't do... Like, you, you, it's a far more uh, amenable way of engaging in that conversation is when... when When this happens, I feel this way. And use I statements so you own your feeling and and communicate that rather than projecting judgment and blame on your your spouse and your partner. It's just one of the things um, uh, about negotiating conflict. 
when ask questions rather than making assumptions. I think it's really helpful to ask questions. You know, why did you react that way? Or what are you feeling now? Or asking the questions rather than making assumptions because you think you know uh, what the answer is going to be. That's one of the things for me. Married 35 years, uh, Deb is an incredible woman, but it's like I actually don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next because and I don't want to assume anything out of that, as I said earlier, because Deb goes, I don't even know what I want or think half the time. So it's kind of, that's part of the mystery of it, and it's also part of the adventure of it. So embrace that. Um, so don't make assumptions. Uh, the, obviously, the scripture has something to say about this in Ephesians 4, uh, 25 to 27. What this adds, up, this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor or your spouse the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, after all. And when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. You know, they're powerful statements. And so we need to make sure that we, we're negotiating conflict and, and, and navigating our conversations really well and really clear, clearly. And it goes on to say, Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use the anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. And so, you know, I think that there's things that we can do that, that limit the opportunity that the devil has to influence and impact us. So learn to negotiate conflict. And again, if you're, if you're a single person, you still need to know how to negotiate conflict. This is a, a life skill thing in the workplace, in your family, extended family, not just where, for whether you're married or not. So um, the third thought is show respect to each other at all times. And I think this is a great principle as Christians that we should be some of the most respectful and honoring people around and certainly in our families and in our homes. I think nothing can damage a relationship quicker than criticism and put down, cynicism and that kind of thing. If you're, if you're allowing that into your thinking and your, your vocabulary and, and your exchanges, even if it's playful banter, I actually don't think, you know, for me, I, I, I don't want to sow that kind of vibe into my marriage, you know, I don't want to, that cynical kind of thing, I don't want that in there, and so be, be respectful of each other, treat your partner as you would like to be treated, you, you might say, well, if, if he, he did what he was supposed to, then, I, then I'd give him the respect that he deserves, but it's like, well, you know, it's got to start somewhere, so it might as well start with me, owning my part of the equation, and I'll, I will Give due respect as and when I can. And pay compliments to each other. So show respect to one another. Fourth thing, uh, learn about your, yourself first. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine says this. And the second is like this. If you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, self-awareness is actually a really uh, important tool to bring into your marriage. Because if you understand what you are and what you're like, and you come to be at peace with that, you are then able to love your spouse. But it goes broader than that. I think if we, are, if we understand who we are and what we like, we're then able to love broadly other people. And so uh, learning about ourselves first, and, and self-awareness is a massive part of that. And one of the challenges in a narcissistically focused society is that, you know, I'm... I, I, 
I have rights, I have entitlements. And so I'm, gonna, I'm not talking about being aware of your rights and entitlements. I'm talking about being aware of, you, of your humanity, of your fragility, of uh, the sensitivities that you operate out of. So, uh, so yeah, um, self-awareness. And, you know, self-reflection will lead to self-awareness. So have a think about, why do I react that way in a situation? Or why do I respond in such a, a challenging way? So self-reflection leading to self-awareness. Not selfishness leading to getting what you want, but self-reflection leading to self-awareness. And not being defensive but on justifying, but actually saying, you know what, I probably could soften here or change here or... Uh, something along those lines. So learn about yourself first. The fifth thought is uh, explore intimacy. So now straight away, you're all thinking about one, one thing and one thing only. And just as an aside, so we made an agreement at the marriage retreat that what happened in, Nils, in Shoal Bay stays in Shoal Bay. But I do, do want to point out this, that we did have one activity, one exercise, and it was called the kiss-off. And... I'm not going to tell you what happened at the kiss-off, but I do want to let you know that your pastor and his wife actually won the kiss-off <laughs> event. So, so that may be one way of exploring intimacy, but uh, it doesn't always mean sexuality and sex. You know, I think that one of the most important in intimacies that we can explore is our spiritual intimacy. Praying together, understanding what it is, because that's an incredibly intimate moment and time together. And even as non-Christians, if you're praying together, that's an incredibly intimate moment. Uh, did I say non-Christians? I meant non-married non people. <laughs> It'd be interesting as non-Christians to be praying. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, uh, obviously, emotional intimacy. We need to um, and creating a safe space for each of us to grow, each partner to grow, uh, to share emotions without fear of judgment and reaction. So exploring int intimacy is all about that and having conversation around that. And uh, it's important to um, go, th go through that. You know, uh, just over 12 months ago, I, um, it was actually December the 15th, 2015, I clearly remember the day when I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And, uh, and it was kind of a bit out of the blue. It wasn't obviously what we were expecting. And so in the meeting with the doctor, which we'd sandwiched between uh, some work appointments and, and then a Christmas celebration dinner, we went to have this appointment, not expecting there to be anything drastically wrong. And he said, well, you've, you know, you've got cancer and uh, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to either remove the prostate or you can have uh, chemo or radiation treatment. And if none of it works, there's all sorts of other things that we can do, uh, you know, to fix things if they're not working properly. And I'm going, what the heck are you talking about? You know, it was kind of like, well, I didn't see this coming. And then, um, but if Deb and I hadn't had a, a foundation of communication and sharing about uh, intimacy and expectations and that kind of thing, it would have been very, very difficult to navigate that journey. But um, I'm happy to say that went through the surgery, I've been given all clear and everything is functioning really normally. I know you're glad about that because I sure am. So, um, uh, but, you know, you 
come against these hurdles, and if you don't have a, an intimacy and, a, and a, a connection, then some of these things are really difficult to uh, navigate. For many years, uh, Deb has been uh, managing chronic pain for over 30 years. She had a degenerative arthritic condition that actually ate away all her jaw joints, and so she's got plates in the jaw, uh, and so we've had to navigate what that is, navigate things like, well, where does healing fit into that, you know, all of that kind of thing, but, but you know what, when you go on a journey of life with people, these things come up, these kind of things, and if you haven't got a, a, a groundwork to be able to talk about these things, if the foundation isn't there to talk about these things, so explore intimacy and, and do that kind of thing, so number five, uh, sorry, Number six, explore common interests. So, and if you're single, you know, do a lot of the friendship thing, do things in groups together, but explore common interests. And when you get married, it doesn't mean to say you have to do everything together. There's lots of things. I was a keen surfer until I moved to Canberra and haven't surfed basically since. Um, and so, but that was something that was an, you know, a getaway escape. I was going to say, but it probably was an escape for me. But, but, um, but you know, there's common interests, but you also need to release each other and be uh, secure enough to let each other enjoy certain interests as well. And so, one of the things that used to, I used to, uh, and, and Pastor Keith would appreciate this, being a boy from Alabama, but I was a real Southern rock fan. I used to, the Allman Brothers, I probably most of you wouldn't have a clue who they are. I was a real Allman Brothers fan, but, um, and Deb, you know, she grew up in a Christian home and she liked uh, Evie Tonquist and people like that. It was like, uh, forget that. But uh, anyway, she kind of, I converted her. She likes the Allman Brothers as well. Anyway, that's me indulging myself. Hang on, where was I? Okay. Common interests, number seven, create a spiritual connection. We've got to keep Christ at the center. You know, uh, one of the things I've been doing, uh, so Deb and I run three lots of mentoring groups. We have uh, a, a, a single, uh, young adults that are uh, a single. We have young marrieds, and, um, and uh, we have young marrieds with kids, and we run a mentoring group. Uh, so Deb does the girls and I do the guys and I, with my single guys at the moment we're doing a book How to Get a Date Worth Keeping which is a really cool book so I've got a dozen of these young, young adult guys and I'm actually helping them figure out how to get a date worth keeping and it's, it's kind of cool and so one of the challenges because the, the book says it's a numbers game you've got to get your numbers up get out there and mix it up and you know you're going on a coffee date you're not proposing marriage, you know, anything like that. So just uh, lifting the expectation a little bit and releasing, releasing people to just engage relationally and normally and that kind of thing. And so uh, one of the guys, we got together last Saturday and, you know, we said, oh, so who, how did you go? How did your numbers go? Because part of it is, you know, coming back and not kind of paying out on each other, but just actually, you know what, we're, we're trying to shift the culture here of just normalizing relationships. And, and normalizing human engagement. Because sometimes we can get so kind of serious about this stuff in church and we just kind of lose the, the, the thing about it. So anyway, one of the guys said, yeah, I had five different dates in, in, uh, and it was awesome. Well done, you know. And the, the thing about that is it's like you're not uh, breaching trust or being a player or anything like that. Not that it's not like 
that at all. It's just having coffee or just that kind of thing. And so I love being able to, um, to uh, engage with these guys and, and help them in this process. So I've had one, <clears throat> I think one has progressed through each of the three groups and is now in the married with kids group. So uh, it started out in the singles group. So, you know, that track record is going pretty well. So I'm enjoying all of that. But um, but improving your communication skills, you know, it's, uh, that's a, a massive part of it. The, the, so that was uh, 8.9, forgive each other uh, from this day forward. You know, even if there's been a breach of trust, even if there's been something uh, which may feel irrevocable in your world, if you make this decision, if you make this call that from this day forward, it's going to be different. If you're going to make a decision from this day forward, we're going to break the power, the cycle of power and control in our relationship. From this day forward, I'm going to make a decision to not let the lies and the manipulations define the way that I relate to people in my world. From this day forward, if we make that decision and break those cycles, it's, it's not about feelings. It's about acts of obedience. It's about respecting those in our world. It's about being honoring and respectful in our communication styles. And we've got to learn how to forgive each other. And it's like, you know what? I can forgive other people because I have received forgiveness. And, I, and so that is the benchmark for me. And even if we have to get to the headspace where we say, well, actually, they don't even realize what they're doing. Because that's what Christ came to. Forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they've done. And, so, and, and it's like, I, I would rather have a disposition about me that believes the best in other people and think, no, they didn't mean that. They, 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 they weren't aware of what they were doing. I'd rather have that disposition than one of cynicism or judgmentalism or anything like that. Now, I'm not saying don't be wise. You've got to be wise. We've got to be discerning. But, but let's not allow our, our hearts to be shaped by cynicism. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says this, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So if that's the striving that you can take into your relationships, if you can take into your marriage that kind of striving to do what is good for your other person, then I think that that's a great place, a bedrock to be building from. So learning to forgive each other and moving on. And number 10, looking for the best in each other. You know what? One of the most prophetic things that we can do is draw the best out of our partners. It becomes a prophetic thing. We do that with our kids. We do that with the people that, are, that we're relating to. You know, like it becomes, <clears throat> you know, like prophecy doesn't have to be confined to a, you know, a stage and a microphone. It's like by prophesying what you see in people, you know, I saw the way you interacted with that person the other day. That's awesome. You've, you've really got a gift of encouragement on you or something like that. You know, that kind of uh, bringing the best out in each other. And I, I would say that if you can apply these 10 sort of principles or tips, they will help your marriage. They will help you in your quest to be married if that's, if that's the case or, or whatever it may be. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.